My daddy's gone on, my grandpa's gone on, my great-grandpa's gone on. But they still live. You know, the, the spray is still here. Well, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Tell me of a home far away. Hello and welcome everybody. You're listening to It Still Lives, a Foxfire podcast. It is October and it is officially fall here in the mountains. The leaves are starting to churn, the air is getting crisp, and this is just about the time that muscadine grapes are ripening. If you aren't familiar with muscadines, they are a type of grape that grows throughout the southeast, but they are especially prominent here in the mountains. We have wild muscadine vines that grow in people's yards, along trails, um, and people also cultivate them. Muscadines used to be an incredibly popular grape for winemaking. Um, before Prohibition, Scapernong wine, which is a variation of a muscadine that's kind of golden or bronze colored, was one of the most popular wines throughout the United States, but it just never recovered after Prohibition. So now you can really only find muscadine or Scapernong wine at special wineries in the region. You can also pick up muscadine grapes at your local farmer's market, or there are a lot of U-Pick farms where you can go. Muscadines also make excellent grape juice and jelly if you can put up with having to uh, strain and seed all of the grapes to get your juice to make it. In Appalachia, winemaking was a pretty prevalent part of the culture. Um, we might think of moonshine as being the predominant alcohol in the region, but fruit wines actually were more common in households. Um, obviously, they have lower alcohol contents, but people would also make it and turn it into vinegars um, or use it for medicinal purposes, actually. So today, we're going to be listening to four accounts from some of our contacts about how to make wine from different types of fruits and some of their mishaps along the way. These interviews were conducted as part of a project in the 1980s to make the uh, Foxfire Book of winemaking. This publication is still available um, and I gotta say it's it's a really great book because the first part of it is nothing but narratives. So there are several people who are featured again just talking about their experiences making wine um, with some really great stories from their childhood. Um, and then the authors and the editors broke it down for you so that you could have uh, more formalized recipes and figure out how to make your own wine. People would make wine from blackberries, rhubarb, um, obviously grapes, really any wild fruit that grew in the area. Um, you'll hear that they <laughs> kind of eyeballed how much sugar to put in, but they knew which fruits would sour more as they sat um, and would need more sugar. Another interesting thing that they talk about both in the book and I think in some of these interviews is that they didn't always use sugar to make wine. Uh, Winemaking has been going on for centuries. Um, it was believed that it was brought over here by European settlers, although the Native Americans were certainly the ones who introduced those settlers to the wild fruits, specifically the grapes. You know, and 400 years ago, people weren't using granulated sugar. So looking at alternative sugar resources, especially ones that can be harvested from the region, are really interesting because I don't think we take the time to think about other ways to sweeten our foods, especially something like wine that requires quite a bit of sugar. Anyway, I hope you enjoy these excerpts. The first one comes from 
Jake Waldrup, the second from John Bulgin, the third from Albert Greenwood, and last but not least, some really great stories from Lawton Brook. What about that, on that blackberry wine now, how would you make blackberry wine? Well, see, the first, the first thing you do, you just go, uh, I go back up here in the field where the brars is and I pick blackberries. Yeah. I generally pick me about six or eight gallons. And yeah. I've got a, I've got a big old uh, six gallon container and I just dump them up in that, wash them and dump them up in that. And just I'll, hold, don't mash them or don't anything? Mash don't mash them or nothing. Okay. Then I'll put about on that, uh, that many, I'll dump in about five pounds of sugar and I'll sort of mash that sugar up and I tie them up good so no gnats and their wall jackets and nothing can get to it at all. You wouldn't seal it though, you leave the air get to that, it. That's right, the air can go, go and just tie a rag over it, you know, yeah. a good rag to keep the, the gnats and everything out of it. Well, you let it sit there and it works. It'll, it'll, it'll go to working and it'll just foam up and it'll just work over and it's in about two weeks, ten days to two weeks while it works off. How can well, you tell when it's done working? It, it quits. You can tell it quits uh -huh. blubbering. I see. The blubbering quits. Uh -huh. Then you take it off and uh, and you strain it out. Take your cloth and you have another container and you squeeze that juice all out good into that and then you measure that juice. Uh -huh. And uh, if you've got uh, five gallons of juice, well, you want to use uh, 15 pounds of sugar, three pounds of sugar to the gallon. Right, okay. And uh, you best way to do is to put half of that sugar, put a pound and a half of sugar to the gallon uh -huh. and let it work off. It'll, it'll go right back to working again, just blubbering and foaming and working. And when it works off and quits that time, why uh, strain it again uh -huh. and uh, put the other pound and a half of sugar. Uh -huh. Be sure and use three pounds of sugar to the every gallon of juice. And when it works off and quits that time, why you can go ahead and get drunk and go to Holland. Yeah. <laughs> So you work it, you really work it three times then, don't you? It's supposed to be worked three times. And when you three. seal that up in bottles, do you need to seal those bottles tight? Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, just, it'll just, hold just it'll, like that. It'll hold, yeah. yeah. Just, just enough to shut the, uh, the iron and nothing can't get into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A, good, a good way to do it is to take some soft cotton uh -huh. and just uh, make a Put soft... A, wad in there. a little wad of that. Makes a good stopper for wine. Seems like then it can, the little evaporation can come in and out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now that's 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 all there was to. Right. And to, then to on the grape wine. The, gra the grape wine is just about the same thing. About you, the same. You just pick your grapes. Uh huh. And uh, and you uh, pour them up. Right. Put a little amount of sugar on them. Uh huh. And let them work off, and when they work off, then you strain them and squeeze them and get all that juice out. Uh -huh. Measure it and see exactly how much juice you've got. Uh -huh. And uh, put, you a, put you a pound and a half of sugar to the gallon. Right. And let it work again when it works off that time. I strain it again yeah. and uh, put the other pound and a half of sugar. And when it works off, why? She's ready. Yeah. yeah, you can call and it. You don't it. have to put any yeast or anything Not to a, that. No, Just let her no, go with sugar. No, yeah. You put that yeast or anything in, that's, if you ever hear them talk about drinking wine, it'd give them the headache. Or, yeah. Well, now, more than likely, they'd work it off with yeast. Oh, yeah. Huh. Would, Would the old-timers make a lot of wine and that, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they made... I guess some of them used that for a medicine, too, didn't they? Or a tonic well, or something? Well, to some extent. Yeah. They, then they could get the, the boys, you know, they'd order them a jug of it, and they'd set it for a dollar a gallon, they'd get it, get high on it. <laughs> so here they'd... 
I don't have, well, I don't have enough grapes to make much. Uh, this year? No, and blackberries, I've made blackberries. But it's all about made about the same. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> have you ever made rhubarb? Yeah, I've got plenty of rhubarb. Uh-huh. Do, do you grow it uh -huh. here? Uh -huh. How do you make it? Well, it takes, of course, get the stalks and chop it up. Mm -hmm. And uh, to a gallon of chopped up rhubarb, put a gallon of warm water, and about three pounds of sugar. God. And uh, I don't put quite that much every, every time. I started out and then work, let it work for about seven to nine days. Mm -hmm. With about one pound of sugar in it? Or? And then just add sugar to taste. See, so when you start out you just mix up the rhubarb in the water and just dump some sugar yeah, in there? Yeah, I mix a, a gallon of chopped rhubarb and a gallon of warm water and uh, then when you get your jar full take cornmeal and cap it off with cornmeal. How do you do that? You just... Just put the cornmeal on top On of top it. and it'll float up And there? it floats and then of course it'll mix in really. Mm -hmm. What's the cornmeal supposed to do? Well, it adds a little to the alcohol. And, <laughs> and it's, it's Gives thing. it a little kick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, just, it seals the arrow first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, put, uh, cover it up good. With a uh, cloth? With uh, cheese, cloth. about four or five flies of cheesecloth and then a board on top of that. So you don't tie it off? Some people just tie tie the cloth around well, it and put a yeah, board on I, top of it? I take a rubber band and put around the neck of the jar. With the cloth Try on to seal hand. all the yeah. outside arrow. And right. then you put a board on top of it? And then it. put a board on so you let it sit for seven to nine days. Then yeah, we'll and then press it out good. Let it strain, is that what it is? Uh, strain it, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you don't press it. You get all, rhubarb's hard to get all the juice out of it. I see, yeah. By just twisting mm -hmm. it in a rag. Okay, well, um, so you strained it after you let it sit, then what? Well, you strain it and put it, but, you know, you have to keep it stirred about ever at least every other day while it's working, mm -hmm. you know, from the first putting up, you have to keep it stirred up good. And then you put it back in a uh, container and uh, keep stirring until you add a little more sugar. Just a little more, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know any exact amount. Yeah, just, just like a pinch of, of salt, you know. Some people say a pinch it of salt. It depends on the berry, doesn't it? What kind of berry are you using? Huh? He's using rhubarb. Okay. But um, they, what what would it taste like? If, is it very tart without much sugar, or is it? Yeah, it is. So it's a tart stuff. You have to put in a lot of sugar in there to make yeah. it sweet. Yeah, to make it work good. Okay. Do you have to be careful with how much sugar you put in? No, I don't know what to do. You just don't want to get it too sweet. 
Because it gets more alcoholic the sweeter it is in it. Well, uh, not especially unless you run it to a still. They say uh, just during the process you can you can't get fifteen percent because uh, from twelve to fifteen percent the alcohol kills the bacteria. Okay, so what what do you do next? You let it, uh, you put it back in the jug and add some more water. You can kind of taste it along. How much water? Just so it's not syrupy? No, I didn't mean water. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just pour the, the juice in the um, crock. Okay, so you put it back and in the crock. Add a little sugar to taste mm -hmm. and let it work. I'm going to stir it about every day and when it quits bubbling, flies, flies. Mm -hmm. and you just let it cover it up and let it set a lot. Did, what else do you use besides rhubarb? You said grape and blackberry? Yeah, well you make it about the same way. What else have you used? Oh, well, uh, according to the grapes, you don't have to have as much sugar for grapes. Yeah. You just uh, crush your grapes up and, and add a little water to it. And make it work. About how much water would you use for that? How many grapes? How much grapes? He don't have any set amount. Just... About half and half. You've got a gallon of crushed berries. You've got a gallon of about water. A, about a gallon of water. I see. And so you put that in your crock and yeah. let it sit. And let it um, add the sugar. You don't have to add as much sugar. And then like after you strain it, then you can taste it and see it, whether it's real sour or mm -hmm. what. And then you let that set for the same amount of time, seven to yeah, nine days. Yeah. Do you, what time do you, do you usually make it? Well, the grapes ripen in August. Mm -hmm. Have y'all had that many yet? Uh, you can start making it as soon as rhubarb begins to come up. Usually when's that? Uh, in the early spring. Did you make Our it this cherries, when cherries. Do you make cherry good? You can, make you can make wine out of anything but a rock. <laughs> what you do, you gather your grapes, you, and uh, you wash them. You wash your grapes. Then you crush them up. You can put them in a, in a pan, whatever you want to, uh -huh. and crush them up. Just like, Were your hands mashing? Yeah, with a tater masher. Yeah, I thought you, you know, a tater masher. Uh -huh. Uh, mashed potatoes with cream It's pretty good. Works uh -huh. all right. Then uh, it don't it don't make no particular difference how many you, you want to make at one time. That's just uh, that's whatever you want to do. Uh -huh. You can make a gallon. You can make a pick. You can make a half a bushel. Or, <laughs> but that'd be a whole lot. Uh -huh. But anyhow. What you do, you crush your grapes and you put them in a jar, stone jar, 
Mm-hmm. Like a churn or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Stone jar, that's what I've got. Yeah. Then, uh, then you set them back. You want to put a, uh, well, you put a little bit of fall over it and tie it around there because, uh, there's, there's, uh, some kind of little old gnats. Yeah. They'll swarm around. We call them drunkards. You set that back in till it permeates. Yeah. Out, uh, if you put in a warm, if your jar's in a warm place, you know, about three days, night. If it's in a warm place? Yeah. It goes to blubbering a little. Uh-huh. But you don't let it stay in there too long until you take it out and strain it. Yeah. And, uh, you get your, uh, you have to have a pretty stout cloth, something, you know, like a flour sack. And you have to have your, uh, kittle, so big, you know. Mm -hmm. You spread that over your, uh, over your jar, over your container, whatever you're straining it in. Yeah. And just dip them out and put in so many, and then just get it up and, and uh, twist nice it. Juice yeah, out. twist it and get all of it out you can. Uh -huh. Now you'll have to wash that cloth once in a while, because that pulp in them grapes will just stick to it. Uh -huh and it, it won't go through much. Mm -hmm. You just wash it out and wring it out good. Then you have your two cups, because you can't dip your wet cup in your sugar. Then you put in, uh, you put in about three measures of your juice. And I don't remember how much sugar I put in that last I made. Then after you strain it, Put in, uh, put in three uh, juice and one of sugar. Uh, three cups of juice and one sugar. And one of sugar. Uh -huh. Then after you do that, put it, wash your jar out and put it all back in there. After you uh -huh. strain it and put your sugar and everything in, then you want, you, can, you want to stir it every once in a while. And you want to stir your grapes after it quits working in the jar. Again. Yeah. That gets all of the drugs out of it. There'll be so much settling, see, fine stuff that goes in the cloth. Uh -huh. There'll be some, not much, yeah. but hit a settle and you can drain it off. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have to strain it again. Okay. And after it settles, then, well, most of that'll settle in your in your jar where. Mm -hmm. Or is it ready to drink then? Or, uh, well, not till, uh, yeah, 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 it'd be all right. After you, lay, after you lay worked off that four weeks there, it was just the juice and the sugar. After that, after it quits working there, yeah. it's ready to use. Well, it. you could put it in most any time, but you wouldn't want to stop it up. Yeah. Tight, you know, in yeah. a fruit jar. Let it little loose in case it works some more. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it creates a gas out of <laughs> it bust the can if the lead didn't blow off. <laughs> now that's uh, uh, that's my way of making. Now you tasted some I made. Yeah, that's pretty good. You can make wine out of most any kind of a thing that was sour. Well, you can you can use any kind of any kind of grape, any kind of grape. You can make elderberry wine. 
you can make uh well you can make wine out of different kinds of things. And might near anything that was sour, you might near make wine out of it. I never did try it, but I made elderberry wine, I made blackberry wine, and I made all kinds of grape wine, muscadine wine. Mm -hmm. I made all kinds of that. If you're making something like a muscadine or a blackberry, you want to get your berries, you want to mash them up. Put them in a jar, in a churn. Churn is the best thing you ever tried to make them in. And put them in a churn and mash them up good. Just mash them good. Let them sit about three days and they'll work. Then you take that out. You take that out of there and you strain that all up. Through a cloth or something where there won't be no seed or nothing in the strain. Get all that juice and then measure your juice. Put you anywhere from two pounds and a half to three pounds of sugar to the gallon. After you strain it up, and then let her sit back a while, about three more days, and uh, it'll be worked again. Then now, if you want to make it really strong, one thing or another, you can go back again and add a little more sugar to it if you want to drink it, get drunk, one thing or another. On add a little more sugar, and you can make it stout. You mean the sugar makes it stouter? Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes it put more alcohol in it. Oh. And muscadine wine, it's a good, you just can't quit drinking it. That's the best stuff you ever put in your mouth. Or uh -huh. put you in a handful of sugar or two in it, and, and uh, after you get it mashed up, it'll make it work. And you can tell when it gets work, let it work about three days. Then you take that stuff out, and you take it, and you get that out, and you bring every seed and all that out of it, and just get the pure juice. Then you measure that juice. And you use about two and a half, three pounds of sugar to the gallon. Okay. And you'll have some wine that you can drink. <laughs> You're taking the, and uh, put your cloth across it, just tied around mm -hmm. the top where they can't get in it and, and, and give it some air too until it works off. And that keeps them drunk and all them things out of it. It's really better to make it uh, in the, like in the summertime, like now. Because, well, you can now, it's warm enough now that you can kind of set it in a cool place. But now in the wintertime, it's hard to get anything in it so cool. You've got to keep it in your house to work it. Now you can set it anywhere and work it. But if, if, when it gets cool weather, it won't hardly work. That stuff stays cold, it won't hardly start working. Well, mm -hmm. wine's good for anybody, too. Wine is a good thing to drink for anybody to drink. Wine's good about cleaning your blood. You got thick blood, the doctor will give you one. It's been, I don't know how long it's been, it's been years since I was drunk. But uh, I was at the fellow's place and he had he had one. Now what I mean he had one, he had kegs sitting along on a place like that, just one after another. Well, he had them kegs there and I went down there to see him one evening. Me and him were sitting talking. He said, I just want you to taste some of mine. Now he had different kinds. I reckon you can make one out of that blame apple. Mm -hmm. See, it seemed like he had every kind of a thing you could think of but one. And so he said, I just want you to taste this. Well, he had them possums on all them barrels, and that wine was done major. Well, I took a swallow out of this one. Boy, it was good. I took it out of there, and it seemed like it got a little better.
and just kept on. He wanted to teach, and the time I got around to teaching them all, I guess I drunk a pint. <laughs> 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 first thing I know, my head began to round round. I never had no idea drinking over one beer, but I just took a little sip out of this and a little out of that, and by the time I got around, I drunk a whole lot of wine. I never yeah. thought about that. My head just got to swimming. I know when I got drunk on everybody, why didn't like him. Goodness. I come in home and uh, me and a fellow by the name of Walter made it up above home about a mile. I was up out his house. He called me and told me that that blame wine was ready to come up there. Me and him sample her out. And I went up there. I mean, him got to drinking that bite and stuff. And I sat around out of, I guess, 11 o'clock in the night. And when I started home, I couldn't hardly get on my dad's blasted horse. I was drunk. I couldn't even find him where I had him tied. So I finally got on and got home. And when I got home, didn't remember getting home. Went in and started the light up. Didn't have no electric light then. Had these old cartoon lines. Mm -hmm. I took a globe off and started the light. I dropped the globe and broke it. So then I had a light down. I went to another room. Hunted the nether and started to light it and broke it. Let wake my daddy up. God, he come in. <laughs> oh my goodness. He come in and he hunted up a lot. Won't know what was the matter of me. <laughs> he, had, he had never seen me drunk. That was the first time he'd, I'd ever been drunk. He had never seen me drunk. He'd seen one of my women I was drunk. Did he get mad? Huh? Did he get mad no, at No, he, did, he, didn't he didn't get mad at me. He just. Uh, he didn't say nothing but to me. He said, now, son, you want you to get in the bed. And he went and fixed the bed, and I got fixed me, got yeah. fixed me the bed. So the next morning I got up, I was so sick. Oh, my goodness. Then I was so sick. I never drunk nothing more, I don't guess, for 10 or 15 years before I ever mm. drunk anything else. Well, did just about everybody make wine? Yeah, did everybody made. Old folks kept wine to drink all the time. But nearly everybody used it in their cakes. Poured wine in their cakes, make wine in their cakes, sugar cake and wine. Well, I hope this has been interesting and inspired you to go out and pick some fruit and try your hand at making your own wine. I definitely recommend picking up a copy of the Foxfire book of winemaking. It's available on our website, which is www.foxfire.org. As always, please feel free to submit some ideas to us. We'll be wrapping up our season. We only have two episodes left for the season, which is absolutely crazy. I don't know about you, but I'm having really high hopes for 2021. Um, so if you've got any suggestions for what you'd like to see in the new year, please send us an email to itstilllives at foxfire.org. You can tweet us, it still lives in the number one. And finally, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram, and that is foxfire.org. Again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Please share with a friend. Please leave us a review. All of these things help us find new listeners and help get our message and our mission out there. As always, thank you so much for your support of Foxfire, and we look forward to talking to you next month. If you don't like that, you can throw it away. I like it. <laughs>